Welcome to Living Water Radio. Santa Claus is part of the enchanted world in our culture. At least we act like it. But our cultural image of Santa is actually rooted in a historical figure who is known as the patron saint of pawnbrokers. Today we'll take a look at the real Santa Claus and the gift he points to that is more valuable than gold, even in inflationary times. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I serve Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I played an outdoor mall Santa, or more accurately, Santa's helper, one year when I was in high school in my hometown, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. One of my brothers says that he remembers me arriving at the mall in a helicopter. I did? I, I think I would remember something like that. Memory is a funny thing. I do remember that I was padded with a pillow, and having no beard, I glued one to my face with spirit gum. I would walk around the mall and hand out candy to children from a sack. I don't remember how I got that job, but it was fun. Mostly. One evening, I had stopped to give a small child some candy. His older brother was standing with their parents behind him, and he suddenly exclaimed cynically, You're not Santa. I looked at the little boy, and the older brother said it again. You're not Santa. I looked back at the little boy and said, See my beard? You can pull on it. The big brother reached over his younger brother's shoulder and pulled on my beard so hard that it pulled off. I hustled the family into an access hall, gave everyone handfuls of candy, explained that I was a helper, and asked the boys not to ruin the experience for the other children. I was off to tend my raw face and replace my beard. A fake beard wouldn't be an issue now, of course, but I also have a bit of a different perspective on Santa. Popular astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson drew a lot of criticism on his Twitter account this year when he posted that if Santa and his reindeer traveled as fast as they would need to travel in order to reach all the homes in the world in one night, they would explode. The response produced by that tweet indicated that most people see Santa in a different way than as a figure who is bound by the laws of physics. Iconic, and I do not use that word often, Christian writer C.S. Lewis, author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Out of the Silent Planet, and more, along with works of accessible theology, such as Mere Christianity, was a close friend and colleague of J.R. Tolkien, author of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and more. Both were Christians, and they disagreed on how best to convey the Christian message in a secular world. It's my understanding that C.S. Lewis believed that allegory, where characters stood for the divine, drew the story of salvation into the realm of imagination. And J.R. Tolkien believed that it was best to create a world in which the presence of God could be encountered rather than understood. 
For both, the enchanted world was a preface to the real world filled with the holy and the divine. Santa Claus and his elves, magical reindeer, and his impressive logistical powers fits into that category. Our popular image of Santa Claus mostly has to do with the pictures in the Coca-Cola ads of the 1920s and forward, and with that jolly old elf in the 1822 poem by biblical scholar and professor Clement Clark Moore, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." This year, a popular Netflix movie named A Boy Called Christmas took the St. Nicholas story even farther from its historical roots. Santa Claus is actually based on a historical figure, St. Nicholas of Myra, or just Nicholas of Myra to most Protestants. Nicholas's traditional date of birth is March 15th, 270, and his date of death is December 6th, 343. Many cultures, including the Norwegian culture of my ancestry, mark December 6th, Nicholas's Saint Day, with special traditions. When I was a child, we put our shoes out on the night before, and St. Nicholas filled them with candy and small gifts by the next morning. He was the bishop of the city of Myra, a seaport city in modern-day Turkey. He was a steadfast witness for the Orthodox faith, the faith delivered to the first apostles, and is thought to have been present at the First Council of Nicaea, which produced the Nicene Creed. He gave his substantial inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering, was thrown in prison and tortured during a time of Christian persecution, was released and lived in such a way that he became especially meaningful to and the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students in various cities and countries around Europe. He had a reputation for secret gift-giving, which gave rise to our modern understanding of Santa Claus. In fact, the original title given to Twas the Night Before Christmas was A Visit from St. Nicholas. One story about him concerns three sisters from a poor family who were about to be forced into slavery or into prostitution because they had no dowries. Nicholas threw a sack of gold through a window of their house secretly for three nights so that their father could pay their dowries and they could get married instead. St. Nicholas is known as the patron saint of pawnbrokers, which traditionally have three gold balls that recall this story hung outside their places of business to indicate that they are pawn shops. Likewise, Jesus paid a price to redeem us as a gift. Paul writes in Romans 6, the 23rd verse, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus paid with his blood and with his innocent sufferings and death. He redeemed us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Paul writes to the Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10, through 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We are gifts 
to others in response to the great gift of eternal life that we have received in Jesus Christ. That is who we are. It is our way of life. The world's Christmas is on sale now, if you can find it. It's mostly taken down and will have disappeared by New Year's Day. Our Christmas continues for eight more days in the twelve days of the Christmas season. What do we celebrate? God became flesh like ours, to suffer and die like us, so that we might not die, but might live forever. John 3.16, part of Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, was called the gospel, good news, in miniature by 16th century church reformer Martin Luther. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. This is the gift that came at Christmas. St. Nicholas was known for giving gifts. Santa Claus is known for bringing gifts. But Jesus, God made flesh, is the gift. And we share our gifts with the world in response to the greatest gift ever given, Jesus Christ. We have received now the gift of the Holy Spirit. It has been poured out on us as streams of living water. Near the end of the last book of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, we read, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let everyone who hears say, Come, and let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. Christmas is a time of gift-giving. It's also a time of gift-receiving. It can be a time for receiving the greatest gift of all time. Open your heart and receive the gift of God. And if you have received it, invite others to receive that gift as well. Make this a Christmas season that brings Santa back to his roots for you and for others. That would be the merriest Christmas of all. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccines and the booster, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer sometime today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship service they have available and support your church financially so that it will be fully functioning as we move now out of the variants and back into the new normal. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. They're trying to find their footing. They're trying to keep everybody happy. You know how impossible that is. Support them. Pray for them. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, 
Google a local national hotline. Talk with a professional. Reach out. You are not alone. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time and into the light. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Get your vaccine. It's the one thing you can do to keep lowering the curve and to literally save lives. Do it for the sake of others. Avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. We all struggle in some way. Be a helper and an encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.